Hey, Pride fam. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Pride the Podcast. Featuring singer-songwriter Tiana Esperanza. So grab yourself a treat and take a little time to hang with Pride. Well, well, well. Oh. I love it. Rich Flex by Drake featuring 21 Savage. I love it. That's his bae. That's his bae. I guess so. I, I guess so. I mean, we're definitely going to get into that. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Pride to Podcast, everyone. This is Darrell Anthony. I'm Adam Andrew Rios. And I'm Ashley Mitchell. And shout out to our special uh, friends over at Rehab Entertainment. Not you still in my bit. Oh, sorry, I'm, still, I'm still in my bit. No, it's okay. Yeah, shout out to the TK and the, the JW, TKB. Mm-hmm. The TKB. And, and Brayden is on location. Brayden is on location, but he'll be Work back. Work got him with, by the neck, right? By yeah. the whole neck, but he will be back with Hot Topics at the Table with us very soon, so we can't wait for that. So, guys, first of all, happy Veterans Day the other day, which was really amazing. We know we have some wonderful veterans out there. Actually, yeah. your dad, your brother. Mm-hmm. We've all had family. My, members, all my uncles. All your uncles. <laughs> we've all had family and stuff in service, so really shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly enough, it came after the election, mm-hmm. which was pretty crazy. So how do you guys feel about it? It clearly was not the red wave that we thought. It wasn't a blue wave either. I think it was like a lavender haze, says Taylor Swift. So <laughs> Wow, that guys, was nice. So oh. what do you guys think? Um, <laughs> What do you guys think about everything? Of the elections? Yeah. As I'm wearing my um, fuck Greg Abbott shirt, by the way. Well, yeah. There were some wins. There were some losses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, like, really sad for Beto. Like, he tries and tries and tries and he really does care nothing about ever like comes never nothing ever goes his way and yeah. it's sad because it, he He's seems like, like he Sanders. genuinely cares mm-hmm. but I li- no actually, one cares actually say that again he what now He's like bernie sanders yeah that's exactly <laughs> what people are comparing him like the younger bernie sanders yeah i love bernie and i love beto i do too and <clears throat> you know i think it's because Beto and Bernie are both politicians who want to give people a chance. And they actually we, care. They, they do. And I think that people on the far right have this notion that people shouldn't be getting freebies or people shouldn't be given a leg up because they don't want us all to be on equal playing fields. It's like if we're on equal playing fields, then who's going to be the boss and who's going to be in charge? And I think that that's, you know, obviously Texas right now is putting out a case to try to keep the um the student loan forgiveness act from passing mm-hmm. um, which is and and their reasoning behind it is simply well what about people who have worked so hard to you know get their loans paid off and everything well how does that affect them so i just think it's it's really really backwards and it, it hurts a lot yeah um what's uh oh my goodness i'm just drew a blank so sorry um uvaldi Went mm-hmm. for Greg Abbott. Duvaldi went yeah. for Greg Abbott. It's just yeah. like that's such a slap in the face. Well, I said everybody cares about Uvaldi except Texas. Right, right. <laughs> that's a. Damn I mean, shame. that's a that is that is quite the statement. But you know who the biggest loser of the night was? 
Donald J. Trump because all of the people that he put in to run and, you know, that he went out and he spoke for, they all lost. We had John Fetterman, who actually was Democratic, and he won in Pennsylvania, which mm-hmm. was really cool. Flipped the seat. He flipped the seat. I mean, we always know that it usually comes down to Pennsylvania and Georgia and presidential elections. So it's really good that we were able to see that happen. Um, Ron DeSantis, you know, he won in Florida again, but him and Trump are against each other because it is being reported that Ron DeSantis is actually going to run for president to, and and, and it seems like a lot of the GOP is actually wanting to vote in his favor rather than Trump. And so Trump has wrote, written an open letter because you know, that's what he does. And he called Ron DeSantis all kind of names and his family and all that stuff. He said, he's a loser. I helped him. And so he's, he, he does feel that he's threatened by DeSantis actually running against him because it seems like a lot of conservative, moderate Republicans want to vote for DeSantis as opposed to Trump. So that should be interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, but DeSantis has had his problems as well, but it seems like he's trying to get back, or some Republicans are trying to get back to that more like, all right, we're Republican, but we're not crazy. Right. We're not MAGA. And and we're not MAGA. So it seems like people are starting to really pull away. So out of everything that happened on that night, I thought that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the first out lesbian governor. Oh, um, yeah. Tina Kotek. Oh, nice. Mm hmm. What so. was she from where? Oregon. Oh, nice. Mm hmm. That's amazing. Mm hmm. You know, making oh. her three. <clears throat> um, I can't, I have to look up his name. I can't remember off the top of my head now. Did you come prepare for the hot topics table today? I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> over here running tech. <laughs> I'm going to kill him. He is running tech. Adam is running tech. Y'all, and that is very true, and he does a great job at it. I know y'all hear this sound. That's Adam Rios. Adam (laughs) Rios. Please call him if you need him, and he can help you. Call him, beep him if you want to reach him. Come on, Kim Possible. You know, you're our very own Wade. Boop, 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 boop. The guy behind the chair? Yeah. Or behind the, what is it? The guy in in the the chair? The guy in the chair. Yeah, the guy in the chair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. you. Um, So his name is Robert Garcia, and he was just voted to um, the House of Reps, Um, and he's openly gay. And okay. he what district and where from? From um, California, District nice. Forty Two. Um, yeah, he's just like very hip and in. He's clued in. He's used gifts in his tweets. Like this one, for example, is like as a reminder. This will be me when I walk by Marjorie Taylor Green in the Capitol next week oh, at I orientation. And it's um, a video of Nini. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I, petty. Petty. I love it. Yeah, he's a petty princess. And I love it. <laughs> that is Walk by Saucy Santana. Please go stream it and download it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I love that. I love that people are going to, we're putting people that can go against them and can, yeah. and, can say, and can hold her on because, you know, we know Marjorie is crazy. And I can't believe people reelected her. She lost her little, <clears throat> uh, little. Uh, Gremlin twin though, mm-hmm. Lauren Bobart. Uh, Bobart, isn't that great? You, you, it oh, was a, it did was, you see the picture uh-huh. of like they said? So there was a picture that was like, here's the beginning of Lauren's party, and they're like, yeah, like at the beginning of the night, getting mm-hmm. the hype. At the very end, they're all with their heads down, with their like praying. They're like praying for the hope of this country after taking Lauren out of that seat. And I'm like, your husband pulled out his penis at a bowling alley. I was going to say, yeah, he's got and like some sort what? of like sexual he, yeah, he, girl, assault he allegations go, girl, he got, or something. Yeah, no, he pulled out like apparently he was at a bowling alley and these women approached him. and He's like pulled out his penis. But then he's now saying that, oh, he was coerced and it's a whole thing. But he pulled out his penis. It's so stupid. And every time Lauren says something, people are like, bitch, your husband is yeah. in trouble right now. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Because she's Treatment always like, not okay. That she, yeah, she's like, oh, you got drag queens uh, hurting children in school. They're like, your husband pulled out his penis, not a drag queen. 
What? <laughs> like people will say that to her. They're like, your husband pulled out his penis. Drag queens aren't going into schools and hurting kids. But she says that, you know, drag queens are hurting kids. Like, it's so stupid. Like, yeah. she is an idiot. But hopefully we don't have to hear from her ever again. Mm-hmm. And now the Republicans are blaming um, 18 to 29-year-old yeah. kids yeah. for going out and actually exercising their right and voting because they were like, uh, like he was like his argument was like we should raise the age to twenty one yeah because what? these kids will, are, are so um, indoctrinated and they're, yeah. they're, they're too woke <laughs> and they'll go to the polls and vote for far left craziness and yeah. so he's like we gotta we gotta put aside yeah so that. but you know someone tweeted. Um, that while like a Democratic person, they tweeted, they say that's hilarious and scary because we know that this party is all about changing things. They've taken away women's rights for their bodies already. And, you know, Roe versus Wade is something I never thought I would see overturned. And so I don't think it's out of the area that these people would move the voting age to 21. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's very highly possible they might do that. So... (sighs) I don't know. I mean, well, voter suppression is happening already. Um, Yeah. And then we have people like Katy Perry and Gwyneth Paltrow, like, voting Republican for the L.A. mayor. um, What's his name? Oh, yeah. Rick Caruso. Rick Caruso. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, L.A.'s a hot mess right now. I mean, there's so many people who who did vote in that direction. I mean, people like Ice Cube and them, you know, there's been a lot of... um, and I think you said it actually like celebrities mostly vote Republican. Yeah. Because it do. financially it's in their interest. Right. You right. know? Cause you know, they don't make enough money. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, what we have to learn is we have to like they say never follow or try to find out information about like your like celebrity, like someone you look up to or something like that, because you will always be disappointed. And so with some celebrities there, they warn you to keep at arm's length because you just never know. I mean, um, you had Luke Bryan bring Ron DeSantis out on stage. He you did. Know? And it was just mm-hmm. like, you know, and you know, they're complete deniers of they, they said woke Rick DeSantis and his acceptance speech said woke comes to Florida to die. He said, we don't do woke down here. He said, we are all about everybody's equal. And Family. I like how they values. hijacked the word woke and turned it into something that it's not. Yeah, well, they're saying that <laughs> it's hard to be a white man. You know, there was a couple of articles out the other day saying, like, it's very hard to be, first of all, white. And then these men took it and said, actually, it's hard to be a white man specifically. They said, we can't do anything. We can't be proud of our, like the month of June, we have to suffer because the gays are out there with pride. Where's our straight pride? And it's like, be lucky you don't need one. Do you know why pride was created? No, and, they don't. And they don't because they just <laughs> they feel don't. like things have been taken away from them. And I remember in school, I don't, I don't remember if you remember something like this happening when straight people would say, oh, like straight men actually would say, oh, you're gay. I don't have a problem with you being gay. More girls for me. And like do that little funny joke that they would say. Like the shit was so stupid. I'm like, but you still ain't getting but no I'm girls. Like, but that never works out for any people that think that way. So I don't know and where the, they're getting this And from. most of the boys who told me that fucked me and they're gay now. Yeah, I was going to say I'd never had that because I wasn't out in school, <coughs> in high right. school. Mm. Right. Well, they knew, but you know. Sure. Yeah, yeah we all knew. But... <laughs> Adam told me I wasn't about that. to fucking broadcast it. Yeah. I mean, we were scared. I mean, I clearly wasn't. But, I mean, I understand being scared in that hometown. I mean, I didn't come out until seventh, eighth grade, like, publicly. But I, you know me. I'm a drama queen. I got on top of the table in the lunchroom mm-hmm. and told everybody I was gay. And they were like, <laughs> because, I, you know what? And from that <laughs> moment, people stopped picking on me. 
people would pick mm-hmm. on me and say things like, oh, you're gay or this and that. Like the boys in the hallway would be like, oh, God, they would be like, hey, Darrell, as I'd walk through the hall and like try to like touch me and stuff. And I'd be like, no, no. And then finally they said, hey, Darrell, one day I said, hey, what's up? And they were like, no, no, man, don't do like that. They didn't like that I did it back. Oh and then I, 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 I'm pretty sure I blew them later. So that's uh, that, that's problematic with me and them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Problematic. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm excited to, you know, the people are out there voting. And what I do love more than anything is people are showing up and people are telling you what they don't like, what they do like, what they aren't going to stand for anymore. So I think that that's super important. I mean, do you feel like we're actually like progressing, though? I feel like we're fighting this like battle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like we take one step forward to take three back mm-hmm. <laughs> probably more than that at this point yeah so i'm just like i don't know i need to see a light at the end of the tunnel you i don't know? see one friend i don't, I don't see i don't see nothing but black and that's upsetting i mean you do can i ask you a question actually mm-hmm. both of you so a lot of people have been speaking out because you know there is the far left like the aoc and and you know the bernies and everything they actually spoke out and said that they're upset with obama because he actually endorsed late in the game mm-hmm. um so did oprah so do y'all think it's people like it's a responsibility of oprah and president obama who you know people loved he was voted in twice do you think it's their responsibility to come out in the races a lot earlier and kind of be there from the beginning to the end or do you how do you feel i mean that's kind of tough because on one side of the coin i'm like no because i've done my diligent i've done my duties and like if i don't want to come out and do all of this, like, I don't think I need to. But mm-hmm. it's kind of like, well, you kind of need to. Yeah. Like, you're, like you you're need to come and you need to come involved. and support. Right. You're like, you're going to always this, be So involved. then you need to play your part, which means, like, you need to endorse early enough so that you can get the amount of voters that you need. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, I do see that like just nowadays you just never know and like especially after the Trump era where it's like <laughs> things always come out and it's just like, ooh, I might not have endorsed that person had I waited. Ah, that's the truth. And for this to come out. I right, think that's right. why like I remember Beyonce didn't endorse Hillary until like three days before the election. It's yeah, like, same with Bethel. Yeah, and it's like, wait, what? Like mm-hmm. your influence could really sway people. You know? Right. And it's just like even though three days is time, like some for some people, it's like, oh, it's too late. I'm already invested. Their mind in is this. made up. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I see both sides, but essentially, like with the influence that they have, like they should have yeah. endorsed I, earlier. I like that. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think so, too. I mean, people really are, you know, a lot of what, the you know, all of the candidates have been running on and talking about is people working check to check and putting more money in people's pockets and people being able to put food on the table now more than ever i think both democrat and republican people are really really worried about i mean i think they have been for honestly since obama left the white house people have been worried about how are we going to feed our families how are we going to put gas in our car how are we going to work every single day to then get paid to not have no money on their paycheck and i i for one know like it's, it's stressful working check to check and you know you do all this hard work and i think sometimes that's why personally i'd be at work and i slow down i'm like I'm not going to do that. Like I, I'm not going to overwork myself for the same outcome, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like Me working extremely hard will not change my paycheck. 
<laughs> like right. no, nothing's gonna change. I'm still gonna get the same <laughs> amount of hours. I'm gonna do what little overtime I do. Like nothing is going to change that. So I think it's a little yeah. bit. I think people are just very frustrated. And I think that's why they're like listening to whoever can provide me any type of proof, uh, putting food on the table. That's where people are voting and going to. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then that's why people take matters in their own hands and try and do like TikToks and stuff like that. Yeah. So that they can, you know, make this extra money because that's where it's like, I mean, you have to put the work into like to get there. But once you are there, you can make a living off of TikTok. You literally yeah. can. I mean, people have quit their jobs. Yes. I mean, I'm talking about there was this one guy. Um, y'all probably know because y'all on TikTok a lot more than me. He was going to law school. Like he had finished his law degree and everything, and he was having a tough time getting a job being a lawyer. And he was just like, he got on TikTok during the pandemic and was like, that degree will always be there. Cool. But I'm making way more money over here doing this. And it's yeah. fine. So like, they're still a lawyer, but they're like, I don't have to immediately find a job as a lawyer. If someone wants my services, I can do that. But now I have TikTok where basically he's opened his own law business. Like he can like support himself through that mm-hmm. and just do it. And I mean, that's what people are doing. You can no longer go to school, get a degree and get out and be like, all right, I'm going to get a job right away. That just does not happen. And Beyonce said it best. She said, why? Like, oh shit. Again, I lost my train of thought. Damn. Damn. <laughs> well, you know what, y'all? Adam Who needs a degree go- when you're schooling life? That's what she said. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, are, Adam is. Are not, you school in life? Are you, is he school in life? Well, I would say at this point, maybe. I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm like registered at the school. <laughs> you haven't started classes. Right. You have not started classes. Well, you know, I'm teacher class, and you know that's very Here helpful too. But you know what? While y'all register for my class, and Adam read over the notes for the next hot topic section, so he can be back in school. Still waiting for that syllabus. I, girl, I gave you the syllabus. I thought you said syphilis. I was like, Ashley Mitchell. Oh, no. I don't have no syphilis. I'm clean. Actually, I just got all my test results back. I'm actually really clean. That's so, great. Yeah. So it's, it, the term's not clean because it, it, it associates dirty. No. I, 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 I like that, who, Adam. Who, people who are infected. You're right. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you, Adam. And thank you for putting that. And listen, even here at Pride the Podcast, sometimes we are wrong with our terminology. Yeah. I appreciate so that. Bear so bear with us. We're still learning. Yeah, we are still learning. But I, yeah, you would say like, oh, I was negative. I'm, I am completely negative. And it is important to uh, piggyback what Adam said for everyone to go out gay or straight to go be tested. Make sure you're good. Even if you have a partner, you're with a partner, you're not, you're having multiple partners, whatever. We support all of that. Go out, get tested. Make sure you're being safe. Um, and continue learning with us here at Pride the Podcast. And when we come back, we are going to be with our friend, Tiana Esperanza. Can't wait. We'll be right back. Yellow diamonds in the watch. This shit costs a lot. Never send a bitch or die. That's how you get shot. I DM in vanish mode. I do that shit a lot. Took her panties off and hit all right, welcome back. welcome back. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> and we're so excited to have singer and songwriter Tiana Esperanza. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, you know, just chilling. <laughs> we're so glad that we can make this happen. Yeah, because I know we've been, it's been a minute. Like, we've, we've been, been playing trying, tag. Yeah, it literally been playing phone tag, like I used to do I with know. a lot of my exes. Um, <laughs> they didn't answer my calls. But anyway, that's not the point. Um, tell us, where are you located right now? Where are you at? I am on Cape Cod in Massachusetts. Wow. wow. <laughs> I am. Is it like York. so cold right now? 
Um, it's not that cold. It's actually very warm. I mean, this morning it was like 39. Yeah. So it was cold, but then it got up to like 65 oh. and it can hit 70 in the right, you know. Yeah. Right. Okay. That sounds about like New York. Are you, li- yeah. you live there or are you visiting? I live here. Okay. I grew up here. I was born here. Oh, okay. And, uh, I'm a Cape Cotter. <laughs> yeah. Well, well let's... is that what they're called? <laughs> Every time I hear Cape Cotter, about fishing. Is, it's not all that fancy. Not for everybody. <laughs> so <laughs> let me tell you that right now. <laughs> I love that. I, I know all too well. I came from a small town in East Texas, and it ain't for nobody, including myself. Um, so tell us, like, from you already talking about like from birth like tell us how you got started and how you realized you wanted to be a singer and songwriter i think i loved attention as a kid as many kids do (laughs) but then you know i feel like with entertainers you just want a little smidge more than what yeah. a lot of kids ask for. <laughs> so, yeah. right. Like yeah. putting on shows and for my family and theater and all that. And just, I think that I fell in love with, I think I fell in love with dance first. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with fashion. I fell in love with music later, actually. Um, I was in high school and I decided to join the guitar club. I know it sounds so guitar club. (laughs) I love that. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. I know. And um, I was the only girl there. And um, of course they wanted me to sing instead of play. And I think I, I did a little bit of both. I learned a bit of guitar, but then I also became the singer. And through that, as we started doing more shows, like little, cute shows <laughs> i was like oh my god i think i might be good at this i might be able to do this and my grandmother was in music decades ago so i had had a little bit of influence from that and i think through that kind of what's the word like those roots in my in my blood and the performance style and all of that and in discovering music i think um, I didn't have a wide range of knowledge of music when I was younger. So mm-hmm. high school was really when I was starting to discover more. And I fell in love with old soul music and mm. country and black country and just um, meaning like the mood. Um, but also yeah. that's what I meant. Um, but I think that through that I and through I know it sounds cheesy but through the guitar club and stuff like it was this old kind of like an old timer teacher who loved like <laughs> the eagles and the dirty and all that so like I think through that I started liking older music too mm-hmm. so um I at least I found my way to pursuing music that way um it kind of fell into it I have to say um I still would love to pursue fashion and I still would love to pursue dance and theater and all that but I'm just kind of living in the music world mostly right now yeah I love that Mm -hmm. you yeah like you mentioned fashion you were into fashion before you found music like what designer inspired you or like who did you see growing up that was like (gasps) I, I like want to do that. <laughs> I think it was my mom. Okay. <laughs> I love, I love that. that. Yeah. It was, 
She loves fashion. She loves design. And we loved vintage. She loved vintage. And we love the sales. We love the... Yeah. Did and you we go... also love... Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was going to say, did you and your mom garage sale? I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> I love garage sales. We... Well, she taught me, like, bougie, bougie, like, what's the word? Like, bougie treasure hunting. Like, okay. like she would be like, this is raw velvet from 60 years ago. And okay. if you sew it this, you know what I mean? If you re, re, you know, take care of the fabric and get it tailored or something, it could be a beautiful piece. Or we find old Prada or something that some you know someone would throw away because it had something wrong with it or whatever and right. she'd be like why don't you make it into whatever you want you know so I think that was the way that I kind of fell in love with thrifting because I felt like um I didn't just have the options of Salvation Army or Goodwill because that's where you know where I'm from that's that's the main spots to for thrifting yeah mm -hmm. so I felt like through her too I found an avenue to go because we didn't have a lot of money um mm -hmm. we were more low we were low income and I think I couldn't afford what my white peers had so I think mm -hmm. going to thrifting and finding like the sneaker shoes that were a little dirty but they were still Nike or something as a kid was like yeah. I felt yeah. that and I felt like I know people say fashion is your armor. Like it was my armor too. And it was my way of like not feeling so left out, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. I, and also even like, Ooh, I've got nicer shit than you because <laughs> I went and found this Prada bag and you don't have Prada. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I think that was how I originally fell in love with it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, my mom and I had a similar like situation. Yeah. We would go like garage sailing and you know, we, go to like the rich bougie neighborhoods mm -hmm. and be like oh wow we got these nikes for like five bucks like they're just gonna throw them out yeah so that's i get true. it I, yeah. I love that and Same. i can even tell like your style look at you like the first thing when you came on i was like girl i love it you're fierce your hair like everything about you <laughs> it's has the hoops this, for yeah, me you have this vibe and i i love that so talk a little bit about your grandmother you said that she was in a band like talk to us a little bit about that because we know about it but let our listeners know a little bit about it my grandmother founded and was the drummer for the band, The Slits. Mm -hmm. She also played for a band called The Raincoats mm -hmm. that was in 10 Things I Hate About You. Yes. <laughs> and uh, even Aziz Ansari used one of The Slits songs. And what's that show called? I'm forgetting the name. Um, His show? Yeah, the the Netflix show that's was, like um, Master of None. Yes, Master yes, of yes, yes, Master yes, of yes, None. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was not a slit song because it was heard it through the grapevine, but it's still one of their biggest songs. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So I I saw he used that. I called my grandma. I'm like, did you know they use that? I was like, they better be paying you. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, them fees. But, yeah. Um, but yeah. So my grandmother. That was like late 60s i think early 70s um wow. and i think part of what people are excited about too was that she was with joe strummer um mm -hmm. for i would say the be the beginnings of of the bands and all that they were 
together until things started taking off yeah for for him really for the clash so i i don't actually remember how many years they were together how long it was but she i think she tells me stories and i think that's a that's a huge piece of of her story and of how people know her in the punk industry was and you know um was her relationship with him and his song keys keys to my heart is about my grandmother paloma so and you know he was like her spaniard i like to have i have a romanticized view of it as the grandchild but um you know i think that's that's the general story of of her and she was an incredible drummer and she is an incredible drummer and she's um i think had a lot of uh say like i just think a lot of women young women admire and look up to her for what she did in that time period for what the women represented in that moment it's hard for me to see it as gen z i guess but yeah. She likes to say, like, Tiana, the way we dressed, like, now it's, like, very teenage way to dress. <laughs> but the way they did was, like, there were still, like, bowler hats in London happening on old white men. <laughs> they oh, were, right, like, right. you're wearing, she's, like, you have to understand that. And so it's, yeah, it's really inspiring and exciting to know. Yeah, if you have any other questions, but that's the No, the no, that's how I love to hear about that. I have you okay have you asked her to like drum for you because you because i noticed you said that she is still an incredible drummer so did you have her do something for you to like hear it well she would disagree with me on if she's that she's an incredible drummer because she always says i i never played the drums i hit them that's her line (laughs) i think that like what was so inspiring about her drummer drumming at least from what i hear from ears that were there in the 60s and 70s listening to that band were like she just had an energy she had a passion and she had almost like a message to convey and she had to do it i mean their first show i know this she has said this multiple times so i believe this is a fact (laughs) that she learned the drums like seven days before their first show and within wow. like a few weeks, the slits was on the map in London. And that was when Malcolm McClure and all these people are starting to come in. So it was a really fast change That's for crazy. them. Um, so I think in drumming, she's done a couple shows. Um, like she did a show with Bikini Kill a mm-hmm. couple years ago. She'll still do stuff with the raincoats sometimes. We were in England together. Um, but it does take her longer. Like she stopped for 30 years, but I still think she's got the energy and I don't just ask her to play for me. I like privately, I've asked her to come on some recordings and we've been in the studio a couple of times just oh, to see what we come up I with. So yeah, I want to do some videos and cause I think people are excited and it's a huge part of my story and, um, I'm proud to be her granddaughter, you know? So mm-hmm. That makes me so happy because me and my grandmas are so close. Like that, that's really, really beautiful. And I can see that it like passed on to you. And so it's like while the fashion is still there, you know, you got both, you got the best parts, it seems like, of your mom and your grandmother. Like, and they're wrapped (laughs) up in you. So Mm -hmm. you're going to explode into this fashionista musician. It's crazy. (laughs) I hope so. We'll see. (laughs) Our lips to God's ears. I love that she was the drummer. Right. Because I was a drummer. Um, and I think like, I don't know, maybe in, I, don't know, I always feel like women drummers get like a bad rap. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Or maybe I don't think they just, get the respect. I, maybe I think, that's what it is. I think it's that's I like think, in anything. Yeah, that I mean, do. <laughs> right. But I think yeah. that when they hear women playing the guitars really well or play, or drumming really well, they're like, oh, because when you first hear a song, you're like, oh shit, that must that that guy is killing it. And then you realize a woman. I think that people like not us, but the world like tries to get against that. So like. Props to your yeah. grandma and yeah. even props to you coming up in this era. I'm like, you're like fighting against that. And you're mm-hmm. like, no, I mean, I'm killing it. So I, I love that. Thank you. And, you know, to your point, again, like I hear rumblings of like, oh, they just hired a female drummer because for publicity, yeah. like it looks cool. Oh, right. they like I heard, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say, but like I just heard a couple male drummers like, oh, yeah. So she went and they went and hired her because they needed her for the look and it's like yeah. you know but i'm the better drummer it's like you know no they needed her <laughs> for the talent homie because yeah. like, you can't do it yeah. <laughs> yeah and i just i hate knocking that and i you know it's just i i that's the one thing that i can't definitely relate to with my grandmother i mean mm-hmm. we talk about it it's such a different experience in in the industry coming in as a band and also coming in as a musician rather than like the lyricist and the lead and all of that. Although she she did all the lyrics. So I think I got that songwriting knack from her. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think, yeah, to your point, it's, I feel female musicians get it tough and I'm, stand, I'm standing for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to ask about your newest single, um, Three Straight Bitches from Hell. <laughs> which what a title so can you tell us more about the inspiration for that song the three straight bitches who i mean i'm over uh, okay i amen. hear that yeah. amen i hear that um the inspiration i think the main inspiration was leonard cohen's song two songs Chelsea Hotel and Suzanne because in high school I I discovered Leonard Cohen more and I delved into his catalog more seriously so I think for in that time too I think as a teenager who had also grown up evangelical too I had connected to his he everything he does is almost all biblical references so i think that was a huge part of why i was connected to him at a young age Mm -hmm. and while it's really mature and soulful i think as a teenager like i think a lot of young people know chelsea hotel like lana del rey covered it i think that there's Mm -hmm. something like there's something youthful about about his work too um and also i think what is maybe youthful maybe pushing immature mm. <laughs> is that there's and i feel i find this with a lot of male writers in the past as well where it's like they love to hash out the relationships that mm. and 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 dock on the women i mean some of the things he's saying are really harsh on these women yeah. uh-huh. and i think at the time so to put it in context, I wrote this song now, like four years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm 22. So I was like 17, 18. So I think too, coming from that experience and I felt like I was listening to that style of writing and that music. And I felt like this is 
how I should write. This is how I should frame my perspective. So I just want to say that first, because I think now I don't want to put myself to this, but I don't think I would ever approach a song about any of my relationships if I ever talk about them in a like a context like this ever again. I just think I would, you see what I'm saying? Like, I think something about it where I think as a person, as a human being, as a writer, I have a right to my own revenge story or my anger or my perspective. But I think that on the other hand, like, you know, these are human beings, you know, and I, I now looking back on it, like I do, I do, I, and I knew that I, I knew all of this when I released the song. I just think that it's just something that I like to say as well to preface. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for sure this was based on some real experiences I had. And I think too, it comes into a conversation of race as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there are parts of it like my, <laughs> one of the people that was working on the song was like, oh my God, I can't believe you dated a girl with clogs or something like mm. that. <laughs> and I think there, what I'm trying to say is like, especially in New England, there's just like this whole like queer community that is so white and that's so not welcoming yeah. to mixed brown BIPOC people. And so I think, too, when I was starting to explore and trying to have queer experiences, I was also, uh, you know, unknowingly coming up against racism, like Mm -hmm. I say in the song. And I'm talking about classism, too. Like, Mm -hmm. their parents, married parents, and the mowed grass, and, like, all these things that they sound maybe childish, but that's part of the reason I released the song, Mm -hmm. because I was like, this is a very real feeling of like, I am not good enough. I'm like the Negro in the house here. And it it felt like I was providing romantically like this servitude, this like submission to this person. And it just felt like it was an immediate assumption that that's who I had to be in this relationship. And I think while it's not explicit in the song, I think that's part of what I'm trying to say is I think there's for me there's so many complexities and layers to it and that's one of the thing I one of those pieces that I found so yeah I I um that's the best I can say about the song in, in a snippet you know um I, but I I'm, love I'm all proud of that. it overall I I think that you know being in spaces when we first moved to, to New York um, you know, I was excited because I felt like I could, I mean, well, even in Texas, I feel like in Austin and uh, San Marcos, San Antonio, um, Adam and I, we went to college together. I was able to live my, que- did my drink fall? No. Uh, to live my queerness and to go to those queer spaces and to be in those moments. And what I realized was, is I was in a lot of white queer spaces. And then when, yeah. I, got, when I got to New York, that continued to happen. And you had, you know, if you don't, if you go into these bars and you don't have a six pack, and you know you're not, if white, you don't check a list, if you don't check a list, you know you're kind of, you're kind of standing outsider. around and you're being the outsider. And you know, for a while, I felt like I could fit in. And I remember one time specifically, I was at a bar and I was dancing and in the middle of a circle, and it was all these white boys around me watching me dance. And it, I realized it wasn't necessarily for 
me as opposed to a mockery. It was very weird. It was very weird feeling. And, you know, since then I've been able to go to black and brown queer spaces and just to really feel that. And so I really love that, you know, you talk about that and that that kind of struggle because people don't understand. They don't get like you know, you, the classism, the racism, and then the sexuality. Like, there's a lot to go into it. Yeah, I think I'm still shocked when I'll go, I mean, I grew up on Cape Cod, so my mindset of New York was like, New York's this place where everybody's together and yeah. everybody's diverse. And then I would go to queer clubs and be like, where are you all at? Like, you like, yeah. Like, I, I'm, I, I think over the past few years as my career has grown too and I've been going to New York more and LA and just like being like wow like you know I thought it was so bad where I live but it's you know I just think that I'm like wow it's not that much different and it was disappointing at first but also like okay you have to I have to fight for my space everywhere you still have to search for your community You know, yeah. you think like, you know, New York and L.A. are, are more open and they are than a lot of places. But it's still you can, like you still have to fight that fight. You know, you can still find isolation. Yeah. And it and it's shocking. And it, it even in the, like it's 2022 and it's just like, why am I still fighting this fight? Like, haven't we all caught up by now? But no, no. You know, it's it's it's, it's a long battle that I don't know if it'll ever end. Mm-hmm. Um you know and you know for the past six years it feels like in a lot of ways we've been going backwards mm-hmm. in a lot of places and things and so it's difficult you know it's kind of like a whirlwind more yeah. than like a battle a uphill battle it's Espe- like a whirlwind especially when it gets to race and you know something i want to quickly bring up as well you released a debut single a while ago called lewis it was during black history month um, talk to us about that because I think that it, that's another aspect that's so you know you know there's a queer aspect and then there's a color aspect that we've been talking about the race and so talk to us about what inspired you to write that and and put it together. Yeah. Well, I I saw a documentary called The Black Power Mixtape, mm-hmm. and in the documentary, a man named Louis H. Michaud. I say Macaw in the song because all these years I didn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it was it Louis Hayfin show and um, he I have come to find was really skillful at kind of coming up with these liners that mm. were really witty, wise, and and just concise yeah. about the issues of race. And I could tell just from the snippets that they had of him in the documentary that he was he was fighting to challenge the concepts of of blackness yeah and so it was not only that i was seeing a black man who was in you know on the screen inspiring me and giving me some guidance because i didn't have that in my life growing up here Mm -hmm. It was, he was also speaking to what I felt was my multiracial perspective. Mm -hmm. I felt like very isolated in black spaces as well as I felt isolated in white spaces. Mm -hmm. So I think that for him to say what he did in those snippets, I was like, wow, this is what I needed to hear. It was like having some water and I had never, that I had never had before. And 
So through that, I just, I got my guitar out and I pulled, I pulled a lot of the lyrics and then I just created my own parts of it to, to fill it out. And through there, I can't even, I never really thought I would get to this place. Um, but I've met his son now, his direct son. Wow. I've met his niece. I've met the whole, wow. the whole family that I've, that I could. And it's been, his son came to my last show in New York city mm-hmm. and it's just been an incredible turnaround. And yeah, on the, on the conversation of race, I think so much of what I try and will continue to talk about in my music and in interviews is about, you know, multi, the multiracial identities and how we can use some of that perspective to, to grow and to move forward as, um, a society, move forward as society. Yeah. Like I, I, like I said, I've felt, extremely isolated and Mm -hmm. i've felt you know colorism on so many levels i've felt you know classism all that and you know especially for me coming from i didn't have like i didn't have bibok family like my family's from england and from spain so all kids are blonde like swedish blonde blue eyes yeah Yeah. that that was like i was literally the black sheep so like i you know i definitely felt little like "Hmm, this is i always knew i was different you know and then Mm -hmm. going into black spaces just so desperate for connection and then being completely turned away sometimes it was just the most painful experience and i have to admit that it still is really painful when it's, it happens it's it still very bad all yeah. the time <laughs> but it's like i've learned too in being empowered by people like louis h michaud to go to just own my worth you know yeah. and own that you know um there's still there's you know in some ways look at it like there's still so much to be said and i can i can do that so I think that's really beautiful and that's a that's a really great way to like wrap up you know what we've been talking about and you know you are wearing your merch we did kind of hit on that in the beginning so <laughs> tell people where they can actually buy your merch at tell us where we can tell our listeners where they can listen to your songs and everything because we want to make sure people follow you because everything that you're doing is very very important mm-hmm. especially now in the world thank you um you can follow me at Tiana Esperanza on Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. and Twitter and TikTok at T-I-A-N-N-A-E-S-P-E-R-A-N-Z-A, Esperanza like hope. Um, and go to my website, tianaesperanza.com. You can shop there. Um, you can go to the website, Port Merch slash Tiana Esperanza. That is where you can find my new t-shirts. Yay. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to connecting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and listen, it. you are, as your last name says, you are the hope that the world needs. So thank you so much for having your music. <laughs> And, and putting that out there because it, it means the world and you know continued success to you thank you for having me it's really I'm grateful to meet you all yeah yes, and come back likewise. anytime and like Kiki we love to have you back for our hot topic session right yeah I would love to I'd love that and I felt when you're in New York <laughs> yes please yes are you all in New York we all yes. live in yes. New York we're all in yeah. New York we're roommates okay. we live together so yeah yeah oh, oh. <laughs> awesome okay <laughs> perfect so we'll definitely kick you when you get here and take you out and do that whole thing <laughs> okay 
right. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Tiana. Thank you nice so much, you. Tiana. Bye. 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 All right, bitch. Okay, Tiana. Yes, queen. I love it. That was Princess Slit and the Raincoat Prince by Tiana Esperanza. I love that. She was really really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like her music is good and like her story and like her, you Mm -hmm. know, coming from a musical background with her grandmother and like how she's into fashion and Mm -hmm. her fashion is unmatched. Like I can't wait for her to come here and like we can kiki and like turn up. Yes. Yeah. Good time. All right. Well, what else is going on? Well, you know, besides you know the, the rent, the, besides the rent, that's pretty um, much it. I do. I actually want to speak out. Um, Dwayne Wade. I don't know if you guys have been seeing what's going on um, in his world, but his ex, who is the mother of Zia Wade, spoke out um, against Dwayne and Gabrielle, mm-hmm. and you know they're you know raising her and letting her make a decision for herself to mm-hmm. get transitioned and them supporting it. And, you know, Dwayne came back. He's like, listen, I'm not going to play with you. You have not been a part of Zaya's life ever. Zaya has wanted you to be there. She's tried yeah. to reach out to you. She's tried to speak to you about her transition. You have not wanted to be there to hear it and support it. But now you want to come out because it's media and it's a cool thing to do. He said, you know what? This is the 13th. We, we don't have 13 lawyers that have defeated you in every case. Get ready for your 14th. Mm-hmm. Damn, and and I mean that's what it is, and you he know it's period. And he, and and he also made a statement in there, which you know I wanted to highlight as well. He said, you know, we talk about fathers being deadbeats a lot. He said, but in this case, it's the mother. He said, and some people don't think that's the case. He said, yeah. but you know, this woman has not been there for her daughter. Mm-hmm. She has not wanted any part of her. And now that it's a thing, you want to speak out and say that you think we're doing this. He said, how dare you think that we would do anything? to any of our children and force them to do anything that they didn't want to do. Because basically she's trying to say it's abuse that they're forcing Zaya to transition. Oh, they're yeah. not forcing her, though. No, like, no, they're supporting her because yeah. this is what Zaya wants. Um, so it's it's very interesting. And, you know, what's upsetting, and, you know, as Dwayne said, he got hands all day, is seeing all these rappers like Lil Boosie and all these people speak out and, you know, support it. They're like, yeah, y'all doing this to hurt her, to hurt Zaya. Uh, we side with the mother and it's like, Labusi, you got your son and your nephew to have sex with an older woman so they wouldn't be gay. Like that's that's abuse. that's abuse and also called rape. So put put a pin in that. So there's a lot going on there, and I just think it's really sad that they're so concerned about what this young girl is doing to her body. But again, we're damn. It don't matter how huh? women's bodies; they just can't stop talking about it. For yeah. real. Damn. Everybody's in charge except us. Except y'all. Right. <laughs> y'all have no say so. None. None. Really don't. Uh, it's wild to me. Actually, it talk about love. You, you were telling me a story, and I wanted you to say it on the podcast about love is blind. And they, yes, they I want to talk the, about that. The abortion, uh, the, the, such, the conversation that um, Bartis was having. With, why do I know their name? You, you do. I do. Ah, you should watch it with me. Uh, okay. It's so addicting. Okay, so talk, <laughs> talk to us about it. Yeah, so Bartis and Nancy mm-hmm. from Love is Blind they were having a conversation about abortion and basically I believe she was a social worker. Um, Don't quote me on that, but basically she worked with like a lot of families that had children with disabilities. So she asked Bartiz like, 
you know, with, you know, I'm 31. She was like, once you hit 35, um, you know, things can get complicated when you get pregnant. And I, uh, you know, now they have all these tests where they can see if people, uh, children might have birth defects, yada, yada, yada. She was like, so how would you feel about like having an abortion if you knew that you could, you know, try again and not have necessarily those hardships? And he was like, no, absolutely not. I could never do that. And she's like, okay, well for me, if I knew that I could have a child that didn't have those complications, I would get an abortion. And so that just like sparked you know, the internet when everybody watched that. But also I would forgotten about this part. She asked if you get pregnant by accident, mm-hmm. how do you feel about abortion? And he was like, well, you know that I feel like you get one pass to have an abortion. Wow. Okay. If, if you just get, you know, pregnant by mistake, but not if you, you know, you plan to have a baby and the baby has birth defects and it's just like, no, you need to have this baby. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they had that conversation, which was it was really like a good, like raw conversation. And they both applauded each other for uh, on the reunion. I saw when mm-hmm. I watched with you, they both applauded. Like we had a really like for the most part respectable conversation, and we applaud both because it's, it's tough, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a one guy now. I'm not prepared to talk about Adam, who was just recently uh, reelected, who said that if he gets reelected, I think it's for Ohio. Don't quote me on that. That he said if you know he's elected, he, contraceptives will go away. Like he's getting rid of contraceptives, and he was elected. And so it's interesting that people are okay with that. I'm like, so contraception is gone. Like, so if you so if you have sex, that's it. Like, you yeah, get there are no you condoms, get. no uh, no birth control, morning after, no morning after, like. Well, they need to fix the rape crimes then because that's not going to stop. So women just have to deal with it. And, and, you know, there's rape and then there's like molestation and families and stuff. So they're supposed to just deal with that. That's bullshit. Like that's fucking wild. Even if you are of, if you have two consenting adults, like yeah, I should have the right to correct a quote unquote mistake if I want to. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you were saying about if the baby has defects and you don't want to bring a baby into all of that stress. You know, sometimes the doctor tell you, I had a friend who went through this and she said that when she went to the doctor was like, you can have the baby, but they may only live for five years and it's going to be hard life mm-hmm. up until five yeah. years. She was like, well, yeah. no, I don't want to sit there as a mother and struggle with my child going through that. Why would I do that? Yeah. Like, yeah. like that doesn't make any sense. And people are like, well, I you shouldn't. I, yeah, I see... It's difficult. You know, my mom was a special ed teacher and, you know, I would visit her classroom sometimes and like, you know, there are people with birth defects or, um, you know, mental issues that it doesn't necessarily stop them being from a contributing like citizen to society. Right. You know what I'm saying? But there are like students that I had of hers where like they can't walk, they can't talk, Mm -hmm. they can't, they're in a wheelchair and they can't do anything. And, you know, not to criticize anybody, but, like, the quality of life, if mm-hmm. you know for certain, like, if you, you can have this child, yes, but, like, they will be, like, incapacitated right. their yeah. whole lives. It is kind of begs the question. It's like, well, if you have the opportunity to spare the child that and spare yourself the hardship, 
I mean, it sounds harsh. And the financial like, burden. And the financial burden mm-hmm. and the emotional burden. And especially you know, with healthcare in this country, shit. Mm. You know, so how are you not gonna provide good healthcare, but tell people have these babies? I mean, most moms, right. most parents get on WIC. They, as they, mm-hmm. soon as the baby's born, they're like, "I'm on WIC," like because they cannot afford to take care of a child. And so then, when you ask these GOP leaders, they say, "Well, then abstinence." And I'm like, "Well, you gonna tell your mistresses that?" Like, right. Like, because you're still getting abortions. You're still doing what you want. You're still taking your 15, 16-year-old daughters and getting them abortions. Like, you're still doing it. So why is it then you look and it's targeting black and brown families? Yeah, yeah. it's a, way of, it's a <laughs> way of control. And, and, they, and yeah. they say, no, y'all need to have kids because we need someone. We need that the we, worker we bees. We need the worker bees. That's mm-hmm. exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when someone finally put that together and say it on stage in one of these debates, then we'll be much better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I can't believe Herschel Walker. I just thought about that and I got real mad. Oof. That we're gonna have a runoff between him and Doctor Motherfucking Walker. Between him and Doctor Reverend Raphael Warnock, a man who is a doctor and a reverend is about to have a runoff with Herschel Walker, who has kids that he won't even admit he got. This is America. And you know what people in the GOP are saying? They're like, "Well, he's black. That's what y'all want? Y'all want someone black? We'll just switch one for nobody the other." Nobody said that. Nobody said that. But that's what they think. That's what that's that's literally what I they mean, think. I mean, of course, we do want somebody black, but like nobody said like this is our argument. We want somebody black. Right. Right. No one ever said that. <laughs> and you know, kind of like switching gears or like sliding through the topic on um, Nikita Dragon. Uh-huh. Uh, did you see that she was yeah. arrested um, yeah. and put in a men's prison? And I actually watched a video of her asking the judge, "Can I please be in a woman's prison?" And the judge's like, "I don't make the rules. I'm so sorry." And so Nikita, I'm assuming. I, I think it, because, it was her uh, her attorney. Yeah, is it is it because she has is, is it a genital? I don't know what's going. I don't know why they would make that decision. It doesn't matter if she has the genitals or not. She is a woman. Nikita Dragon is a woman. You do not get to judge somebody off of what they got going on on their body. Like if she's a woman and that is uh, what she identifies as, yeah. that's the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's really sad. I, it's really sad. And hearing that in her voice when she was like, "Please, like she's in danger." Mm-hmm. In a, in a man's mm-hmm. prison, and mm-hmm. and but you know apparently like I think that she had a mental break. You know we were talking about TikTok and those kids in that house. Like she apparently was running around naked and screaming and throwing water yeah. at people. Um, and mm-hmm. then and the police and then the police came up. And they were like they were just gonna tell her, hey, just quiet down. And then she like slammed the door in their face. They came back and they were like, ma'am. And she's like, you want some more? And she threw water in their face. And they were like, all right, you're under arrest. Yeah. Um, but you know people, you know, in her article, one of the articles they talked about, they said. Is TikTok bringing down these children? Like, is the fame too much for some of these children that it they can cannot, be that they cannot handle it? You know? It can be. I think that um, that TikTok, with all the fame, there's a lot of toxicity in it. Yeah, and like I follow a lot of people that talk about it. I mean, the racism, the sexism that yeah. the the algorithm is like, you know, accustomed mm-hmm. uh, to. Like, it's crazy and wild. Oh wow! And then you know them putting him in, in these like tiktok houses and stuff mm. like that like the and they demand so much from them it's a lot like there's multiple people have had breakdowns on tiktok yeah i mean that's why i you know mm. shout out mm-hmm. to pride house la who was on the podcast mm-hmm. they really seem like they pulled away from that type of lifestyle mm-hmm. uh where you know a lot of the tiktok parties in the beginning were just houses partying in the hills yeah doing all of that a lot of drugs we know our great friend jason derulo spent a lot of time there's actually oh saying, my God. he what is that he, jason, 
He really needs to grow up. He, I just can't stand it. I can't. Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo is 57 years old, and he's in minute. these TikTok houses eating like Oreos and gummy worms for breakfast. And yeah, he is. And, and making songs for children. Like, and Mac, I just don't understand. And McDonald's. It. Like you know who's older than him at this point? JoJo Siwa. Because Jason Derulo, she needs to grow up. She, but she, she tried. She, she has. She has. But didn't she go back to the ponytail? Mm-mm. It's like oh, this, okay. like super short, like slick back yeah. okay. moment. Yeah. As long as she keeps on that she trajectory, put, she, she did put some tracks in, but it still looks shaved, like it's shaved on the okay. side. Um, oh right, right, right. You, you, you actually, <laughs> she did make a good Draco Malfoy. Did you see her? She, she did Halloween a great one. Costume. Yeah, she did. You can actually <laughs> check her out in the new Megan Trainer video. Made you look so she's great. She's like young Megan. Um, but you know what is exciting about you know the see that kids can come out on the other side, Lindsay Lohan. Like we are mm-hmm. seeing right now. Remember when she was like speaking like what was she? What language was she speaking in those videos? Like she was going crazy for a while and saying she was from this place, but she wasn't. Um, but she's like now back in America and like she's getting her life together and she's like acting again and she has a new Christmas movie coming out. She's making a new rendition of Jingle Bell Rock. For the movie, which is great for all you Can't Mean wait. Girls lovers. So, yeah, I mean, it's clear that, you know, people can come out on the other side and, like, get their lives together. Yeah, apparently Jamie Lee and her been, like, just kikiing about, that, like, Freaky Friday 2. That's is one of Adam's favorite thing. movies. It's a good one. I love both. It's I love the really I love the original. And yeah. I love oh, the original is my favorite. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I love both. So, you know, Lindsay Lohan has done great remakes of movies that we love from the beginning. Yeah. Parent Trap and oh, that. I mm-hmm. love Parent Trap, the original. Haley. Mm-hmm. I love the new one too, but like I was a big, big fan of the original one. Yeah, Haley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. Speaking of Disney stars, um, remember that article that I, I uh, sent y'all about Maitland Ward, who was yeah. on uh, Boy Meets World? Yeah. So she said that porn pays her 10 times more oh, yeah. than television ever did and she's like y'all need to get on this <laughs> y'all need to come over here and get some of this right it's a chicken salad it's funny <laughs> yeah i, lo- I love i love madeline you know i loved her also and white chicks she yeah interestingly enough um was the only cast member not asked back to girls meet Wor- girl meet world when they did that like um few years ago on mm-hmm. disney channel um, and she said at that time, she's like, I wasn't even doing porn. I was just going to conventions and doing um, cosplay. She said, but the cosplay was, you know, suggestive and sexual. But Disney was like, mm, we don't want to get into that. And so she said that she could tell, like, the cast, a lot of the cast members stopped talking to her. They started being weird. Danielle Fischel, she said, was really weird. Danielle Fischel now has a podcast that she does with Ryder Strong and Will Friedle where she's going to come on uh, Madeline and talk to them. Because Danielle's like, oh, no, I don't have an issue. But I can imagine that they wanted to distance themselves. Absolutely. She's, like, into porn she, she And, like, full on into it. I've seen some of her, I've seen some of her work. Yeah. Uh, and, and, <laughs> Does and she for do all, good work? And listen, for all you out there who don't realize, I do watch straight porn sometimes because I imagine myself as a girl getting toe <laughs> open. No. Uh, but. <laughs> what? Yeah, I imagine I'm the girl being torn open by the boy. No, I. You know what I mean? I, we got that. Okay. We got that. Okay. That wasn't what, yeah. Oh, it was the torn part, right? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I said it again. Um, <laughs> you better shut your mouth from a fuck it. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yes, no. Matlin. So she is great, and she does do good work, actually, to answer your question. <laughs> Great. That's your question. She does great. Work. Great. I'm happy for her. Yeah. You know, and she was just like, I've never felt more empowered. She was like, I have more control. Like, you know, the environment's not sexist. When, when she, so she did one video where they had the Bar Meets World theme song. She said, when your pole meets hole. And <gasps> 
I think Disney like took that down because like it, uh, it was, I can't I, sing the rest of the song because we have a lot of people out there listening. But I can send the link if it's still up. Adam's mouth is wide open. <laughs> <laughs> no, it. That's dirty. That's real dirty. But you know, I like her shit. So maybe you know what, Matlin, you want to come on the podcast? We'd love to have you come on the Pride the podcast and talk to us about your journey through mm-hmm. porn, OnlyFans, and everything, and you know your acting journey as well. Yeah, yeah, I still say we need to interview someone with like a an OnlyFans. Yeah, we do for sure. Well, as many mm-hmm. as you and I follow, Adam, I'm sure we can find someone. Uh, not so much lately, but yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't follow well. Also, Darrell. Yes. You lost. Um, we all lost, but you lost your baby this week. Um, Aaron Carter. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. I'm very upset Rest about in it. Peace. So, yeah. guys, Carter. I really want to appreciate everyone who reached out to me. Um, I'm not even joking. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of friends. I know you guys might think it's funny. A lot of my friends reached out. I was like, "Are you okay?" Because we know you can. For a minute, I was like. Before Jack Harlow, I'm all about Jack Harlow now, but for a minute, (laughs) exactly. Um, But, you know, Aaron Carter for me, you know, I loved him when I was younger. And when he came out and said he was bisexual, little funny story. He was he came out on Twitter and he was like, I'm bi. Actually, I'm already laughing. He's like, I'm bi. And I was like, ooh. And he was just like, who wants to be like my first guy I take out on a date? So I was like, ooh, me, look me. And so I wrote Aaron like me. Hey, so proud of you. And you also said, well, well, hold on. I got to that. I'm gonna get to that. And he didn't answer me. And I see that he's answering everybody else on Twitter. And so I said, Aaron, I see that you're answering people. Please answer me. Mm-hmm. And then I said, period, Aaron, answer me. Because he didn't answer me. And I still feel some type of way about it. But I did get one thing. I think he ended up liking a tweet later on that I sent him, like it was just a random tweet. It was like, "Oh my God, so proud of you!" Or love something. I don't know, something stupid. But he liked it, so I took that. I'll take that, you know. Right, take um, that. W. I I will say I'm glad to see his brother Nick Carter made a statement, and he said that me and my brother were actually in a better place yeah. when he passed away. And I did not know until Aaron passed away that he had a twin sister. I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea, and they actually looked like I was so happy to see Hillary Duff speak out. Mm-hmm. So many people spoke she out, did. Um, and Hillary's actually upset right now because uh, Aaron Carter was writing a book, yeah. uh, a memoir, and the publisher is going to take it and just put it out there and kind of finish it themselves. And she's like, "That's bullshit." Yeah, they're saying that she lost her virginity to him at thirteen or something. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. And I believe that. They, yeah, they were on the set of Lizzie McGuire together. Yeah. I Yo, think that's what it was. These Disney, yeah, was these Disney Channel sets be popping, baby. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. they better be glad I wasn't ever on set because you already know me. What? You yeah. weren't going to do nothing, Scaredy Cat? <laughs> scaredy Cat? <gasps> yeah. Scaredy Cat. Yeah, now if you were on set now, maybe. Well, Adam, I was a slut from. I, Adam, <laughs> huh? I was a slut. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, please clarify. Like, huh? Right, right, <laughs> right. Like, With adults. Uh, and no, and let me be clear. Let me be clear, Adam. Adults. I'm a slut from the nineties. Literally. Is true. And so yeah, I would have been a hoe. I was oh, su- you're talking more sexual. Yeah, what the fuck you think I was talking about? I was nothing. Oh he oh he let me be clear because people are gonna be like, What are you talking about? Probably talking about drugs and alcohol, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I wouldn't have done that, but I wouldn't need to. I would have just been throwing neck. Uh well, yeah, that's true. It's it's Darrell, and you're watching Disney Channel. I already been practicing my. Oh. <laughs> oh right, so we should probably wrap things up. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> it would be it would be wrapped up. Um, you know, before we go, Ashley and I did watch Don't Worry, Darling. I do want to kind of bring that up. We do the movie of the century. How'd you feel? apparently? How'd you feel, darling? Um, were you worried? 
I was not worried. I mean, I thought it was a fine movie. I think the ending and the twist was predictable. Yep. Agreed. Very predictable. Like halfway through the movie or even before that, I was just like, X, Y, and Z. This is the. Yeah, yeah. You did. You said, I think this is what's happening. Yeah, and I, I was like, I was like, I it's agree. this movie meets this movie. Yeah. And it was actually that movie. Yeah. Yeah. It 100% <laughs> was. Um, you know, Harry Styles. He did fine. I do mm-hmm. think Shia LaBeouf would have bodied that role. There's mm-hmm. actually a lot of like young men that I could have think bodied that role more, but I thought that Harry did a really good job. And I think that for what he needed to do in the moment, um, you know, I know a lot of people are upset with him because of queer baiting and things like that. And that's been kind of a big topic lately um, with a lot of these guys. I think my baby Jack Harlow queer baited too, but I'm going to have to find out. Mm, I don't know. He may, I think he'd let somebody suck him off. I hope so, Adam. I think Thank you so much. Adam has been very supportive of me today. That's he sent it. me a thing of Jack Harlow. He sent me a couple of other videos. Adam is very supportive today. You've been great. Mm, thanks. Yeah. The way best. Jack Harlow has a chokehold on the Ashley. <laughs> a chokehold. And honestly, listen. <laughs> I don't get I, it. No, listen. I'm going to say. My support. I don't get it. Right, my support. But I'm going to say. I know that it's so stupid because these are the type of boys that I would have liked in high school. So I feel like high school Darrell, like in the football, like captain, and he's not even a football captain. Jack Harlow sat on the bench. So like, I, yeah, yeah, so, he wasn't he, on the team. He, yeah. So, yeah. Well, he, he say, was the, the he weird he art kid. He said he didn't he peek in what? the weird art kid. Yeah. He like, said he didn't peek cute. in high school, right? He out here getting cuter. Like, I'm oh listen, he's also in the new uh, white man can't jump, but like. He loves playing basketball. He can jump. I don't know. I'm just team Jack Harlow. Wait, right is now. he Woody Harrelson's character? I they're doing a remake and he's filmed it and mm. it looks mm. like he is that character. I'd be mm. into that. I want can to he act? Yeah, but can he yell? Yeah, <laughs> probably not, actually. Honestly. Honestly. <laughs> Guys, tell us what you think. Go send us an email. Get on our Twitter, our Instagram. It is Pride the Podcast. Uh, you can find us anywhere, all over social media. My name is Darrell Anthony. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Facebook. Instagram and all of that stuff. And you can find me at Andrew Rios at Boxed Wine Poppy with a zero Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, my Twitter is not safe for work. And these are your TikTok at this point. Yeah, after the videos I sent you today. Oops. But people can't see your likes, so. though. They sure can. They sure they can. can. I'm pretty sure. They absolutely can. I don't think I've like toggled it off. Yeah, I went. Oh. I went to Adam's likes, and yeah, I can tell you. Oh. It's, it's like me again telling you. There's only he did so it. bad you can get on TikTok. Right. It's all just like VPL and gray sweats. And gray sweats with large swinging meat. Uh, you know, you can do that on Instagram, too. That's boy, Jaden Renbacher. He swings the largest meat. It's ridiculous. Hmm. Anyways, yeah. my <laughs> name is Ashley. You can follow me at Ashley Aaron M on all social media platforms. And also our friend Braden. You can follow him at Mr. Braden Bradley on all social media platforms as well. Except Facebook. Except, Except Facebook, Facebook. Because he don't have a login and he said it's from Russia. So right. he don't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you guys and we'll see you next time. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye.